the gospel of the Lord. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give thanks for your word on this Holy Trinity Sunday. We give thanks for the promise that in your word we encounter you through the Holy Spirit as revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And in his name we pray. Amen. We do indeed celebrate today the Holy Trinity. God giving God's name to us. I think about those superhero movies that are so popular today. You know, the Marvel, I don't know, did it finish? I haven't seen it yet. Don't mess it up for me or whatever. And, and most of the superhero stories begin with how that superhero gets their powers. Uh, and they're all different. I mean... I think of Iron Man, you know, where Tony Stark is captured and he has to use his ingenuity to create his iron suit with its powers. And so that's the power-giving moment where he invents that on his own. But each one has a little different spin on that. I mean, I love Spider-Man. You know, he gets bit by this genetically engineered spider, evidently, or something like that. Isn't that something? Hey, come on, Spider-Man people. Each superhero gets their superpowers somehow, some way, and the story begins with that. Wouldn't it be something if we too had some experience like that? Wouldn't it be something if we maybe hunting down in the closet somewhere or going down in our basement or up in our attic we came across some gift and some, something that had happened to us that we maybe had forgotten about, that something that we were given that could stand up to death, sin, and evil. Wouldn't that be something if we had that kind of experience? Now, usually this Power comes from the outside, sometimes not, but um, I'm here to tell you today that I'm not so sure that we haven't had that experience because we've been given God's proper name. Now, probably for you and I, we're so used to that, it doesn't seem like such a big thing, but actually... Ancient people, to be given a deity's name, meant something. And in fact, if we go back to the Old Testament, remember when God 
you know, raises up Moses to deliver the people out of the Pharaoh's hand, and, and Moses is out in the wilderness, and God appears to him in the burning bush and says, what Moses, I want you to do. And then what is Moses' question? He says, when I go back and do all this, what's your name? Who am I supposed to say is doing all this? What's your name? And in Exodus 3, Moses asked that question, and God says to him, I am who I am. And God said further, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, thus you shall say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever and this my title for all generations. I am who I am. God gives Moses God's name so that he can go and do his mission. Because the people are going to want to know what God is doing this. In the biblical world, there is only one God, one most high God. But there are lots of deities that people believe in and gods out there. And so people are going to want to know and what, what God's doing all this. And God says, okay, here's my name, Yahweh, or Yihyeh in Hebrew. I am. That's what it means. That's what he said. I am who I am, or I was who I was, or I'll be who I'll be. Something like that. That's what it means. We don't know. We can't go back further and, and figure it out. That's, that's what it meant. And Jewish people felt it was such a big deal that God gave them God's proper name that they wouldn't even say it out loud like I just did. And instead, when they came across it in writing, they would say the word Lord. Or Adonai. It was such a big deal that God had given them God's proper name. Why? Why? Well, you see, people believe that if you knew the name of God, then you would have access to God. You could have communion with God. You could have communication with God. You could have a relationship with God. You'd have an identity with God. That's what, that is what's so powerful about God giving Moses God's name and saying, now go do this. Here's my name and this is what I'm going to do. Now go do this. It was an incredible, powerful thing that Moses was given God's name and the people were given God's name. It shaped them. It defined them. There are lots of gods out there, but this is the most high God, and God has given us the inside track, God's proper name. That was a big deal to the people of Israel. It shaped who they were, and this God is the one that took them out of slavery in Egypt. So we get to the New Testament, and it's interesting because after the event of Christ, we hear in Acts and we hear this in all of Paul's writings, Christians begin not to use the word Yahweh, which actually had just simply become Lord. They still use the word Lord. In fact, what is Thomas's first um, 
confession of faith in the Gospel of John. My Lord and my God. He's basically saying, Yahweh, my God, is standing right in front of me. So, people begin to do things in Jesus' name. It's like instead of Yahweh, now we have Jesus, who is the self-revelation of God. And this is the name that is the most powerful name of all. As in Philippians 2, where in that Christ hymn, it says, At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. This Jesus, um, he, um, it, it's, it's, it, now he's the one through which we have access. We've got the inside scoop. We've got a direct line. We have access, we have communication, we have identity, we have a relationship. This is a big, big deal to be privileged with this name, Jesus, the name above every name, and the name by which everyone at some point will bow. Now, here's the really fascinating thing, and that is that when... Jesus, in the end of the Gospel of Matthew, he commissions his disciples to go out and baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So Jesus, God in the flesh, God's self-revelation, he, just like God gave Moses, he gives us a name by which we are baptized, by which we are brought into fellowship with God, into the church, into our new life. The old is put to death, the new has come, and in, in a particular name, and that name is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The triune name, the Trinity, the Holy Trinity as we call it. You know, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, our Father. We kind of go, wow, that's cool. That's a neat way to pray. That's neat. That's cool. But think about who he taught this prayer to. He taught it to Jewish men and women who were following him. These were not the elite. These were not the priests. These were not the powerful chief priests or the scribes and the Pharisees for the most part. These were Fishermen, ordinary people from up in Galilee. And Jesus is giving them access to God. When you pray, pray our Father. Abba, our Father. You can actually approach God. If you don't know, this is one of the things that God, Jesus, killed. Why? Because the ruling elite and the powerful people looked at what Jesus was doing and they said, you can't give that word to those ordinary people. They haven't done nearly enough. They aren't nearly holy enough. God is holy. They, you can't... You can't give these ordinary folks that kind of privilege, that kind of power, that kind of access. And Jesus did. He gave it actually to not just those. He gave it to tax collectors and sinners and Gentiles and people out, outside the highways and the byways, way out there. Wow. So 
the self-revelation of God, Jesus himself gives us God's proper name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, that sums up that intimate kind of relationship with God, the one who created us. And then as praying to God as Father, Jesus is defined as the Son, the one who um, went to the cross and was raised on the third day died for our sins, was raised for our justification. And the one through with the Father and the Son, the Spirit comes to us, that connection that we still have to God. Jesus gives us this name that is God's proper name that gives us access and power and also sums up all of what God has done for us. So what that means is that when we use the name of the Trinity in worship or when we do it in baptism and we say you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, if we got it right, if we had it in our heads, if we knew how amazing it was, we would go, whoa, this is an unbelievable thing that we, ordinary folks, are being given this kind of power, this kind of access to God, and that when we use that name, when we invoke that name, all of what God has done for us should just come flooding in into us. I mean, we, we don't think about it because we use the name a lot and we should use it. But when we begin, when we hear forgiveness of sins in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what should come, it, it should be, I, I wish I had a big bucket of water. I could just, it's a big wave, just, that's the power. You know, you know, that's what we're given. But there's a problem, isn't there? There are other names out there, other labels that were given. You're not good enough. You've got so many problems. You're a failure. You're ordinary. You're dumb. You're powerless. You're afraid. You're unhelpful. There are other labels out there that we are given, usually to manipulate us into doing something or buying something in our current culture. You're not special enough, so you need to get this item of clothing. You're not successful enough, so you better work, you know, not just 40 hours a week or 50 hours a week, but let's try 80. There are lots of labels out there that say to us, you don't fit, you don't measure up, you're not good enough. Life kind of, it's almost like a courtroom in life. And we face all of these from day to day. And that's why on this Holy Trinity, I want to give you the goods. I want to take you up into that attic of yours or in that basement of yours and and let you rediscover that baptismal certificate that's been sitting down there somewhere that said you were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that name is above every name, and that name, none of those other labels can overcome. And in fact, that name puts to death all of those labels and says you're God's child, you're beloved. He's got you in his hand, and he won't ever let you go. wasn't too long ago, interestingly enough, that I, you know, once in a while we try and clean out the garage, you know. We take a stab at it, you know. And I was up on the ladder and there's a box that says mementos. So I, you know, opened it up and 
lo and behold, there's my old Eagle Scout thing that my mom had delicately put into the box. And I took that off. And then there were some other newspaper clippings of, you know, this and that. And, and then right at the bottom was, you guessed it, that original baptismal certificate. You've come here today for me to open up the box and put before you your baptismal certificate where you were given God's proper name. A name that is above every name, that defines you as his, that defines you as a child of God's, that just washes over you all that God has done for you. So I've got no other goal today than to just give you and remind you of God's name and what he's done for you today. Thanks be to God. Amen.